going to start with my number five when we get to that. Okay, we're going five to one. You can go one to five. I don't care what you do. You're you're a grown adult. I won't tell you what to do. I prefer but, to go um, one to five, to be honest. But okay, well, I have the least number of notes for my number five, so I'm going to start with my number five. So okay, you can fine. start with your number one. But we are here on a Friday night on the Wisco Fanatics show. Jake and I are going to try to do this once a month. We're going to do a bonus episode. Uh, once a month and get into some different topics than we normally would on our Wednesday shows. Our Wednesday shows are just going to be just the latest and we'll be doing recaps and, you know, just some questions and stuff. But um, our Friday shows, we're going to try to do some stuff that's a little bit different. And today what we're going to do is guys who were never the same when they left their Wisconsin teams. So uh, we're going to discuss some guys who used to be on a Wisconsin team and were no longer on a Wisconsin team and weren't the same as they were when they were. Um, so whether it's by trade or free agency, yeah, Anthony, unfortunately, we'll be talking about that game on Wednesday. We're going to try to try to keep today's show a little lighter, so we're not going to discuss the negativity. So, James, this might be an interesting yeah. one for you. Um, we're not just talking about the latest in Wisconsin sports, but we're going to we're going to talk about some guys who succeeded when they were here and did not succeed as much when they left. So Jake's going to kick it off with his number one. All right, man. Number one, Greg Jennings. So Greg Jennings was kind of the model of how we came up with this topic because he just stays relevant by talking about his Wisconsin team. Obviously, he played for the Packers, and he's pretty damn good when he's on the Packers too. Um, I broke the numbers down by totals and average. That's kind of how I attacked this this topic here with Greg Jennings. And he played seven years in Green Bay. He had 425 catches, 6,537 yards, 53 touchdowns, and 285 first downs. So for seven years, he averaged catches 933 yards, seven and a half touchdowns per year, and 40 first downs. Now you're thinking. Those are not monster numbers because we're looking at what Devontae Adams has done in the last couple of years. But if, if you break it down and you look at the offense that we had back then, all the weapons we had, you're having a guy having 60 catches for seven touchdowns, and he's one through five. We were stacked, and we had a tight end, and we had, you know, running backs. Like, those early years of Rodgers, and Greg obviously was here before Rodgers, those early years with Rodgers and the last couple of years of Favre, we were loaded on the receiving core. And that's something that, you know, Packers fans talk about now, you know, drafting a, a wide receiver in the first But now the reason we're doing this is you break it down after he left. Um, Minnesota, he actually wasn't horrible. Uh, he was there for two years, had 127 catches, 1,546 yards, 10 touchdowns, 77 first downs. When you do that on average, he averaged 63.5 catches to 60, 773 yards, down from 933. Five touchdowns, down seven and a half, and 38.5 first downs, down from 40. Now, you're like, oh, that's too bad. He didn't do too. He didn't look that horrible. And then you go to his one year in Miami. And that was really when everybody kind of knew when he was just done. When he, it was like, okay, Greg, time to retire. Go sit on uh, Fox Sports and talk shit about Aaron Rodgers for the next eight years so you can stay relevant. Um, he only had 19 catches that year. 208 yards, one touchdown, and seven first downs. That was, you know, and he he was still chirping. His sister was chirping, and the 
whole reason that he left because he wanted he wanted us to pay him. And you know, there's another guy on my list, and it's kind of a similar situation, but he was injured a lot more. And Greg Jennings was actually a good player. If he wouldn't talk so much shit about Aaron Rodgers, I think he would actually be loved in Green Bay because he had a lot of memorable touchdowns, had a lot of big games. He was on teams that you know he was on a Super Bowl winning team. So, Greg, put the foot in your mouth, please. <laughs> I want to like you. Yeah, that's that's the thing too. He was such a big part of the Super Bowl run he and was. the Super Bowl itself. Like two touchdowns, he would he would be loved. Yeah, but he says dumb shit nowadays, and now yeah. he's the model for guys who weren't the same when they left Wisconsin. Like, if you know, if you bring this topic up, he's like the first name that's going to come to people's minds. He really is. Yeah. He is. But so, it? so my guy, my first guy, my number five. I'm I'm going to count down. Jake's going to count up. Maybe maybe that'll help you guys keep it straight. But maybe it won't. Um, my guy was was traded. Um. And it's Giovanni Gallardo. So Jake and I made sure, too, that we didn't have any guys intersecting. So um, Giovanni Gallardo played eight years with the Milwaukee Brewers. He had a 369 ERA in those eight years. Um, And then he was dealt to the Texas Rangers. Um, His first year with the Rangers, he was decent. Um, He had a 342 ERA, 33 starts. He was 13 and 11, which is, eh, it's, eh, could be worse, I guess. Um, So he had a decent year his first year in Texas. Um, did have 21 fewer or 25 fewer strikeouts, but then you go to his age 30 season was the one year he was in Baltimore, a 5.42 ERA, and only 85 strikeouts. Mm. Kind of a rough year for him. And then he spent a year in Seattle, and he had a 5.72 ERA and 94 strikeouts that season. And then he did a, a year where he played a few games with Cincinnati. And then he went back to the Rangers and he finished that season with a 577 ERA, only 58 strikeouts. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers did give him an invite to spring training in, I think that was 2018. Um, and he did not make the team. So he was let go and then he retired. So um, Giovanni Gallardo was awesome in Milwaukee and had a decent year in Texas. And then after that was very not good in his early thirties. And then, uh, then he retired. So um, my number five was Giovanni Gallardo. Um, I like Jake's number two. I thought it was very sneaky when we presented this topic. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Jake's number two. All right. My number two is Brett Bielema. Um Everybody remembers Brett. Um, he was at we, – we won a lot of games when Brett Bielema was here. And um, when he was in 2016, so for one day, he's okay. Um, they're 68 and 24 in his tenure. And three Rose Bowls, all losses. Um, on those teams, he had Russell Wilson, he had J.J. Watts. I mean, we had a lot of talent on those teams. And in some ways, he kind of set us up for success. I know was really was the one that got us started. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, Brett Beal. I kind of made it cool to come to Wisconsin because, you know, we were in the Rose Bowl, so that's pretty good. Um, but when he went to Arkansas, and he went there for money, let's not joke. He was there from 2013 to 2017. He was 29-34. and 34. Now, you think about that record, you're like, oh, that's not too bad. Now, his conference record, 
11 and 29. Everybody, you know, and we we were mad um, when he left Wisconsin, obviously. Felt like he kind of left us high and dry, disrespected us. But when he went over to Arkansas, we all were like, I hope he gets his ass. Senior assistant coach on the New York Giants, and then last year he came in. He was the coach of Illinois. Um, he's five. I've been seven with Illinois last year. So, which is forty-five percent win percentage, um, which is not good. And when he was at Wisconsin, it was seventy-four percent. So you go from a guy that's winning in the seventies to a guy that's winning in the forties, and you're like, that's pretty bad. He kind of he got what he deserved, in my opinion. I mean, he made a lot of money on the way that's there, good. but <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. When you put out that one, you asked me, you know, does it have to be players? And I was like, well, why are you asking? And you said, because I want to use Brett Bielema. I'm like, that's that's very clever. So that's definitely a good one. I think that's a <laughs> pat on the back for you because that's a pretty good one. Appreciate All right, <laughs> my number, yeah, my number four is Eddie Lacy. Um, this one isn't a super shocking one. Um, he probably could have been number five just because his decline started before he left the Packers and people know why it's because he got progressively larger as, as he went on and, um, and it wasn't in a good way. You know, he didn't get stronger or more muscular. He got, uh, he got the nickname cheeseburger Eddie. And I see Brad in the comments is getting ahead of me already. Pipe down, Brad. We'll get there. Like Brad leapfrogging me already. This guy. <laughs> we'll get spoiler alert he's in mine he's in my top five um eddie lacy his career lasted five years um he was like the first first round running back it had been like what like 12 years since the first round running back was drafted and the packers picked him um yeah his his decline happens really quickly so from his rookie season, 1,178 yards, 11 touchdowns, 15 games, 4.1 yards per carry. Pretty solid. We're like, okay, cool. We have a running back. We got Eddie Lacy. We got something going there. Um, <clears throat> so yards. Rookie year, 1178. Second year, 1139. All right. It's only 39 yards off. Third year in the NFL, 758 yards. He only put yeah in fifteen games, seven hundred fifty eight yards. Um, that was kind of that was kind of the beginning of Aaron Rodgers having to basically call audibles every single play and not running the ball really at all. But even still, in those seven hundred fifty eight yards, he did average four point one yards a carry. Then his last year in Green Bay, he did average five point one yards a carry. Only played five games though, three hundred and sixty yards. And then when he left the Packers, he played nine games with the Seattle Seahawks, 179 yards in nine games, 2.6 yards per carry. He had the same number of touches as he did in his last year in Green Bay and his one year in Seattle, had half as many yards in nearly twice as many games. Jesus. Yeah, it was a rough, 
rough end of the career Freddie Lacey is it was like okay yeah it looks like we might have something and then just straight off the cliff um <laughs> and you know the nickname cheeseburger Eddie wasn't a, a particularly endearing one so that's uh that's Eddie Lacey and he's he's to this day still only 31 years old that's that's crazy man I thought I mean I love our backfield. I mean, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I mean, thank mm-hmm. God that Eddie Lacy decided to not put down the seafood. But holy camoly, man. I thought Lacey was going to be here forever, man. I thought he was going to be an all-time great at Lambeau. I thought I thought he'd be, you know, a couple years in. They, You know, he'd get some NFL uh, conditioning. They'd slim him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it, just, it just never happened. Yeah. That's sad. It really is. And man, he's he's a part of one of my favorite games ever in Packers history. That six touchdown first half against the Bears. He had that screen pass, like a sixty yard, yeah. Yeah, and Jordy Nelson's running from freaking eighty yards down the field to block for him. Like it, it, that was an awesome play. It took Eddie Lacy eighty four minutes to score on that play. It did. It took forever. He's the whole highlight video of of eight minutes of him running sixty yards. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. That's funny. All right. We'll let Jake get to his number three. All right. My number three. Oh, man, this one's close to my heart because Ricky Weeks was the man. Uh, yeah, Ricky Weeks. actually man. back in Milwaukee. He's uh, an uh, assistant yeah. of player development, so he's back in the organization. So that's they, cool. That's relevant now since baseball's back. So here we go. That worked out. Um, but Ricky, uh, he played 11 years in Milwaukee. Um, I broke it down by uh, at-bats, hits, Average home runs and RBIs because those are really the big ones. I don't want to get into defense and all that stuff because he wasn't really that great at defense at all at any point in his career. He wasn't that kind of guy. But at bats, he had 4,056 at bats in Milwaukee and he had 1,009 hits. So he averaged 250 basically for his career batting average. He had 148 home runs and 430 RBIs. Those were his 11 years in Milwaukee. You know, and second base isn't really a power spot anyways, so that's really what made Ricky Weeks kind of special, that he could walk up there, and he was a guy that could hit a home run. Um, and the leadoff was hot, too. Yeah. Um, his best season was 2010, where he hit 269, 29 home runs, and 83 RBIs. That's pretty solid. You know, Tyler brought up, you know, your leadoff hitter and second baseman. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. But the weird part is he made the All Star All Star team one time, and it was the yep. year after. So everybody kind of was just like, oh, "Yeah, Ricky Weeks is really good. We're gonna put him in the All Star game this next year." <laughs> it's but, like the All Star game in baseball happens sooner than it does in any other professional league. Like the NBA, yeah. it happens like two thirds of the way through the season. Obviously, the NFL it happens at the end of the season, but baseballs is like a third of the way into the season. Like theirs is in like. It, I don't know. It's weird, like, when it happens that it's so early, yeah. but whatever. I mean, I don't remember because that was a long time ago. He must have been off to a really, really hot he start. Did the, he did the home run derby, I think, that year, too, because I think it was, like, the, the home run derby roster was, like, players that were picked, and Prince Fielder was, like, the lead um, like the lead <laughs> captain for the home run derby, and he picked Ricky Weeks to be on his team. That's lit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, then you just uh, – after Milwaukee, um, it kind of resembles the Eddie Lacy – where it's just all of a sudden like, okay, he's pretty good. But, I mean, Ricky put 11 years in Milwaukee, so that's a pretty good chunk of time. Yeah, um, not four. But, <laughs> but, yeah, he bounced around after that. Three straight years with three different teams. Uh, the first year was Arizona. 
Um, he only had 180 at bats with them, 43 hits, 240 average, nine home runs, 27 RBIs. It's not very good. This is where it gets kind of sad. <laughs> um, he played for Tampa Bay. Um, 97 at bats, 21 hits. He averaged two home runs, eight RBIs. And then in Seattle, he didn't even get over the Mendoza line, which is really bad. Um, 84 at bats, 14 hits, 167 average, two home runs, and nine RBIs. So, I mean, after he left Milwaukee, he didn't even come close to his career best in average home runs or RBIs. So, he was just a roster spot. He was a backup infielder, and it was kind of that after that it's weird to him in another jersey he's always gonna be a brewer to me but um yeah when i thought of players that were not the same he was honestly one of the first ones i thought of was like man i remember when ricky weeks left the brewers that sucked <laughs> so <clears throat> i was trying to think of of bucks players um brad mentioned him in the comments already and mentioned brandon jennings brandon jennings is one of mine he's my number three he was picked he was drafted Seven spots before Drew Holiday. Mm. Same Put draft, seven picks ahead of Drew Holiday. And mm. <laughs> he was traded to the Detroit Pistons for Brandon Knight and Chris Middleton. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it did work out for the Bucks. Bucks got Chris Middleton in the trade for him. Um, Jabari Parker would be another good one. Um, it's kind of hard to find some Bucks. Because uh, there was some pretty rough years um, in the early and mid twenties and or two thousands and twenty tens, so it was uh, kind of rough. But Brandon Jennings says last year in Milwaukee averaged seventeen and a half points, six and a half assists, shot eighty one percent from the free throw line, forty six point eight percent on field on field goals. Oh, that was his effective field goal percentage. Sorry, thirty seven point five percent on threes. Um, his first year in Detroit, he did average one more assist per game, um, did average more turnovers, and his defensive box plus minus also dropped by over 1.3 points, and his points per game dropped by two points, despite a higher usage rate. Um, he did have a bounce back year in the 2014 and 2015 season, and then he was sent to Orlando Magic um, in the deal that brought Tobias Harris to the Detroit Pistons. Um, only played 25 games in Orlando. Um, and then he played one last season, half with the New York Knicks, half with the Washington Wizards. Um, and then he brought back to the Bucks and he played 14 games with the Bucks in 2017 18 season. So, um, that. that was lit. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> was it was so, cool to see so him lit. in the in the green and cream jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he got to end his career back in Milwaukee where he started it. And um, he was out of the NBA before he turned 30. So, um, you know, now he's just kind of hanging around the Fiserv Forum and and getting the crowd going. And um, Isaac's making fun of my headphones, but uh, whatever. (laughs) I think think he's actually giving you a shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now, yeah, like I said, Brandon Jennings just kind of hanging around the Fiserv Forum and and giving the fans some energy and, and, uh, you know, kind of letting people know that uh, there were dark times in Milwaukee and uh, now it's better and it's more fun. So um, definitely got to appreciate the good times while they're here. Can we reminisce about Brandon Jennings when he first came here, man? 
he drops the he drops the fifty point game against Curry, bro. He was absolutely insane that day. He does the he has the haircut where it's like half fro and, and and half of it is down. He looks like a piece of cake on his head. <laughs> and then uh, he was in the the rising stars game. I mean, I used to love Brandon Jennings, dude. He was super quick, and everybody oh, he's out of Oak Hill Academy. Blah blah blah. This oh, we drafted him number ten. He didn't want to come here. Man, there was just so much talk going on. Those were weird days as a Bucks fan, man. Um, I oh man, Bucks. He, I'll tell you what, though. Brandon Jennings will always be part of Bucks culture because he started the Bucks and Six chant. So Brandon Jennings is forever embedded in Milwaukee Bucks culture, no matter, no way around it. Plus, like Tyler said, he brought Chris Middleton here, and without Chris Middleton, we don't have a title. So. Either way, he's embedded in our history forever. Yes. Um, All right. I'm going to let you do your number four. I got to run, and I will be right back. So I will let you do your number four, and then I will come back. All right. Uh, My number four is actually the reason I got into fantasy football. Um, As a little kid, I watched Javon Walker get drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the first round, uh, the 20th pick. And you watch this kid uh, come out of Florida State. And he was 6'3", 215. He ran a 4-340. He had a 39-and-a-half-inch vertical. And I was like, man, Javon Walker's sick, man. You know, as a little kid, you know. Javon Walker was nasty. Uh, had the first NBA logo on his haircut. <laughs> oh, shit, I didn't even know that. Um, but Javon Walker was a cold-blooded killer when he first came out, man. Um, he played four years in Green Bay, um, injury-prone years, but... Uh, he had 157 catches, 2,444 yards. He had a 15.6-yard average, 22 touchdowns, and 106 first downs. Uh, I always write down first downs and look at first downs when I look at a wide receiver because you could tell the guys that get the targets are the ones that get the first downs. They're the ones, you know, when it's a third and six, that's who the quarterback is looking for. Look at the Packers now. Rodgers literally always stares down Devontae. I mean, it was the death of us in the playoffs, obviously. Um but, you know, Javon Walker really ruined his opportunity in Green Bay, kind of like Jennings, way worse, though, because he said that he, you know, there's a lot of quotes out there about Javon Walker. and He talked about how he didn't want to play here anymore. You know, he's like, Green Bay wants everybody to come to work and, and beat up their body, but when it comes time to, to pay, they didn't want to pay. And he really just threw a lot of dirt on us on his way out and he, you know, he had a quote where he said, the next time that I play, I'm going to play for a team in a city that loves me. And he really just didn't think that Green Bay respected him. And I think, I don't know why he did that. Uh, but then the Packers shipped him off to Denver. He had a one really, really good year up there. A chunk of his, his stats was from one season. Um, he had 95 catches, 1371, uh, 14.4 average, uh, eight touchdowns and 63 first downs. Uh, he played two years in Denver. So he had, I think it was 1,044 yards in the, in the first year. So for him to only end up with 1,371, not very good. He then went to Oakland, and his career died. Um, he had 15 catches, 196 yards, 13.1 average, one touchdown, 12 first downs, and he fizzled out. But like I said, when he first came out, man, 6'3", ran 4'3", 40-inch vertical, I was like, this this guy is going to be a monster but that's not the way it worked out but 
I, Javon Walker was still one of my first favorite players. As a little kid, you know, in 2002, I'm nine years old, so. <laughs> I think uh, I think my number two guy was a similar one of those, and yeah. he was one of the first autographs that I ever had. Um, same from the, you know, the same era as Ricky Weeks, a little bit before the Giovanni Gallardo time, but um, part of, the, you know, the 2018 that went to the playoffs and um, had the whole beast mode thing going on and, it was really a bummer to see him go. Um, he had five straight 32 or more home run seasons in Milwaukee, including 50 in 2007, um, 46 in 2009. And then um, then he went to the Rangers. He got traded to the Rangers. He played 289 games with the Rangers over three seasons. Um, had 34 home runs in his... Um, his first season with the Rangers. Um, and he was out of the Major League Baseball by 33 years old. Um, for some context, Ryan Braun played until he was 36. Obviously, he dealt with some injuries later in his career, too. So mm-hmm. was, that shortened his career, obviously. Prince was not a small guy. So, um, you know, his conditioning was, you know, a little different. But, um, yeah, Prince Fielder from, let's see. My notes are kind of hard to read. Um, his four years after leaving the Brewers, um, 30 home runs, 25 home runs, 23 home runs, and that was with the Rangers and the Tigers. So Prince Fielder, his, all of his averages went down. Um, he did have one okay year in 2012. And after that, his home runs went down, his strikeouts went up, his RBI went down, his batting average down, on-base percentage down, slugging percentage down. Um, So just really, it seems like a lot of these guys, when they turn anywhere around 30, it just seems to to begin to be a decline. Or if you're Eddie Lacey, you don't even make it to 30. Um, And and same with Brandon Jennings, out of the NBA before he was 30. Um, You know, some of these guys were traded and didn't really have control of of when their, you know, when their time in Wisconsin was up, but um, Prince Fielder did have that choice, and uh, you know, he was traded and never was the same. So, you know, it is what it is. Some of these guys leaving free agency, yeah. some of them get traded, but it's just a bummer. I mean, I guess I would rather see it where you know they were better in Wisconsin than they were elsewhere, and yeah. um, I think Jake and I have kicked around the idea of doing the opposite and doing guys who, you know, had better careers once they got out of their Wisconsin teams. So that might be our, our next month's bonus episode, just to show that, you know, we aren't trying to be, you know, homerish with the way that we do things. So, you know, we might, might do some stuff that's a a reality and, but a little bit of a kick in the pants. So we'll see what that one turns up to be, but um, I'll let Jake do his last player that left Wisconsin. Uh, First of all, I'm going to say, Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder, they're you know they're when they're that prime three, for matching four. up, they were amazing to watch. Uh, that, those were back in the days of me and you, Curtis, the gang. We were all playing baseball every day, every summer. We we didn't even like we didn't even have cell phones, man. We were just like, all right, we're just gonna go to the park and see if the boys are there. We ride our bikes, drop them, and we would just go t- go to town, man. Um, some <laughs> of the best memories ever, by the way. Um, but my number five. Uh, and I feel like if he would have been more mature about the situation, it could have worked out better. But my number five is Kobe King. Um, 
Obviously, one. we just watched the Badgers, and they looked horrible. So when Tyler brought up a kick in the pants, the first thing I thought of was just the Badgers kicking me in the pants tonight. But the reason for having Kobe King on this list, um, his numbers actually didn't prove when he left. But it wasn't by much, and he's playing against way easier competition. So King is on this list because he could have been competing in the best conference. And, you know, he came from the same exact high school as Johnny and Jordan Davis. And obviously Johnny Davis was hmm. the player of the year in the Big Ten. Um, they both came from a high school in lacrosse, lacrosse central. And, you know, when he first got here, um, Kobe King was a big deal. He was a big recruit for the Badgers to get, you know, I remember hearing about him, um, when he, we were recruiting him, but when he first got here, he played it, he appeared in 10 games his freshman year. He shot 45% from the field, 33% from three, and he averaged five points. Now, you know, this is a freshman and back in 17-18, Wisconsin was still kind of old school, and they were still, you know, kind of slowly bringing their freshmen in. Obviously, we see this year with Chucky Hepburn that things have changed. Yeah. But you have to bring yourself back to that situation. Um, in 18 and 19, he started one game. He played in 34 games. Uh, shot 44% from the field, 30% from three. He averaged four points, 2.1 rebounds, and 0.5 assists. So not really a jump in in any aspect except rebounding. His points went down. His shooting went down. So all of a sudden, you know, people in Madison are starting to look around like, is this guy really that good or was he just talk, you know? Uh, then you get to 1920. And, you know, this was the team uh, when he was on the team, the Badgers were 5-5 five and five in the Big Ten. And they were 12-9 and nine overall. And he was causing a big stink. Um, he played in 19 games, started 19 games. He shot 46% from the field, 25 from three. That is horrible. He averaged 2.8 rebounds, 10 points, and 1.6 assists. When he left the team, he was our leading scorer at 10 points per game, which is crazy to me. And after he left, the Badgers finished that year 14-6 in the Big Ten and 21-10 overall. So they literally lost one game the rest of the season after he left. And they went on to win the Big Ten turn or the Big Ten a share of the Big Ten title that year, and that was obviously the start of Corona. So there was no NCAA tournament, uh, no Big Ten tournament, and that was the team. If you looked on Yahoo.com, they picked that Badgers team that was on fire to win the national title. Of course, right? Of right. course. Um, he skipped last year, and then, well, because he tried to, he transferred to Nebraska, if you remember. And then he decided that Nebraska wasn't the right fit for him. So then he sat out, and he went to Valpo. He played at Valpo this year. Um, started 22 games, appeared in 23. Shot 47%, career high from field goal percentage. 36% from three, so that's respectable. He averaged 14 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 1.3 assists. So, as I said, his, his numbers went up. But when you're playing against Cleveland State, I was going to say, when you go from Illinois the Big Ten State, to the Horizon League. I mean, you're not really playing against the best competition. So, right. obviously, this guy, his ranking, everything about him, his head, his game, it was all fluff. And that's why I do not respect and I don't care what people are ranked. Because sometimes there's just something different in here or there's something different in here. And that's exactly what we got in Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis wasn't the high, highest recruited kid in the nation. Um, he actually grew up as a Kentucky fan, but Kentucky never recruited him. Yeah, he had. Uh, I, I read up on Johnny Davis, and he used to sleep on Kentucky bed sheets. Yeah, 
That's nice. how big of a Kentucky Wildcats fan he was. So hmm. he was de- apparently he was devastated, and all of his friends told him not to go to Madison because Madison was in a place to go to go to the league and. They didn't think that he was going to make it to the NBA going to Wisconsin. So Johnny obviously proved that wrong. So I'll say, yeah, now uh, he's going to be a top ten pick. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy that you know things like the Kobe King situation and you know there's just a lot of situations that happened you know at Madison within the last three years I'd say that happened that have kind of created a beautiful disaster in my opinion. That's that's fair. It's an interesting way to look at it too. Um, Brad in the comments said T.J. Lang. Um, that's, that's one I'd have to maybe look into and, and see it's, it's just hard to gauge offensive lineman production. Um, I wanted Jake, to, to talk like about his Jabari so. Parker thing. His Jabari Parker thing is not fair. Parker tore his ACL twice when he was in Milwaukee. Twice. He, yeah. Yeah. He didn't really have a chance, you know, when he left, man, he was already damaged goods. And it was sad because when he was here, man, I thought him and Giannis were about to take over the league, man. Let's be honest. We all did. You you see Jabari dunking on people. The next possession, Giannis is dunking on people. And I thought Chris was about to be the third wheel. And then Jabari got hurt, and it forced Chris into that role, you know? The only problem I ever had with Jabari Parker was that he was never a defender. No. Never. (laughs) He he was going to be all offense all the time. And and now we have have Bobby Portis for that, and he's a few inches taller, and he can shoot better, and and he's He's got the fire – He's more of a tough guy, exactly. That's what I was going to say, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so my last one goes back to the early 2000s, and you know injuries kind of played a part in this one, too. Not quite to the extent, but um, Jabari Parker, his last year was in 2002 with the Bucks. Um, Glenn Robinson's last year with the Bucks was in 2002. Uh, he was traded to the Hawks uh, in a deal that, in, that got the Bucks Tony Kukoc in a first-round pick. Um, his age 29, uh, we got Tony Kukoc for Glenn Let's Robinson. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame now, so we got that going for us. Let's go. <laughs> uh, in his age 29 season was his last season in Milwaukee. His player efficiency rating was 19.1. His true shooting percentage was 53.7. He averaged 20.7 points, 6.2 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.5 steals, and .68 blocks, 2.6 turnovers a game and shot 46.7 from field goal percentage. His first year in Atlanta was where he was traded. His player efficiency rating dropped to Mm 16.7, so down Mm 2.4. His field goal percentage went from 46.7 to 43.2. His true shooting went from 53.7 to 51.9, and his averages stayed pretty close to the same, actually. He averaged 0.1 more points, 0.4 0.4 more rebounds, 0.5 more assists, 0.2 fewer steals, and 0.2 fewer blocks, but added one extra turnover a game. So that's where that dip in the player efficiency rating came in. Mm-hmm. Um, his usage rate, exactly the same as last year in Milwaukee and his first year in Atlanta. So it's a pretty even baseline to make a comparison. Um, yep. His offensive box plus minus went from 1.2 to 0.7. His defensive box plus minus went from negative 0.9 to negative 1.5. And his first season in Atlanta, his value over replacement player was just 0.8. So really just just pretty average player as far as efficiency is concerned. Obviously, he did give you the 20 points and six rebounds a game, but mm-hmm. um, just wasn't the same player that he was in Milwaukee. Um, and then after that, he was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, um, missed the 2004-2005 season, was then traded to the New Orleans Hornets, 
at the time were the New Orleans Hornets. Um, and he was immediately waived. So he signed with the San Antonio Spurs and played nine regular season games and 13 playoff games with the Spurs. And then he was done. Um, Downhill fast. And he was retired by 33 years old. Wow. Um, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, P.J. Tucker, Rajon Rondo, Al Horford, Jeff Green, all guys playing longer. Um, and now 33 is kind of a as a hill area um, in the NBA. But back then, you know, guys were retiring by like 35. Um, mm. That standard is kind of changing. You throw a guy like Kyle Korver out there who played until he was, what, like 39. Um well, LeBron is at 37. The game is not even close to as physical, man. Yeah, and and that's what it is from you know the early 2000s to now. You know the game's faster. It's not as you know, it's not you know as as head to head. I mean, mm-hmm. there still is some head to head. You know, they're still posting up and stuff, but it was a lot more of an interior game than mm-hmm. it is now. And, and yeah. Glenn Robinson was a power forward that embodied that. That's why they called him Big Dog. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, we look at a guy like Giannis and we're like, dude, this guy's only 27. He's only 27. He's only 27. Because you can play until you're 37 now. Yep. And obviously LeBron is out there averaging, what, like 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists. I mean, Giannis could be averaging that at fucking 37, you know? So, yeah, we got 10 more years of prime Giannis. That's fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know, and we don't even know what kind of uh, what kind of evolutions will be in his game between yeah. now and then. This I mean, guy look might at, want to look play at for forty-seven. <laughs> look at look at Dwayne Wade, what he did late in his career. Mm-hmm. He became a really reliable jump shooter. I mean, he was never like a knockdown three-point shooter, but when he shot a fadeaway, like you thought it was going in every time. Yeah, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, he he became a mid-range assassin for for the last three to four years of his career. Um, yeah, he had to. He couldn't take the banging no more, man. Mm-hmm. Sucked. Yeah. Sucked. His knees gave out on him. If his well, knees could have gave him, if his knees could have gave him three more years, dude, he would have been a fucking badass, dude. Miami would have <laughs> went on a crazy run. Seriously. Yeah. I don't know if that would have been enough to to entice LeBron to stick around in Miami, but you know, and and it sucks too because like his Dwayne Wade's kind of beginning of his decline coincided with Chris's Chris Bosh's heart issue. Yeah, that forced Chris Bosh to retire. That so, was tough. yeah, I mean, it kind of just went really downhill from there. And Miami bringing in Luol Deng, who really did not perform at all. Um, and he was on a high-paying contract too, so that was kind of a tough one for Miami to get over the huddle with, or get over the hurdle with. But um, hey, that's our that's our second bonus episode. Is some guys that weren't the same when they left their Wisconsin teams. If you have any ideas that you know bonus things you'd like jake and i to look into things you think would be cool to to hear the research on or to hear the numbers on um you know just sports stuff you want talked about in general like even if it's something as basic as you know explaining explaining a zone defense in football if it's something even as basic as that there's no such thing as a dumb question and it, it doesn't matter jake and i'll talk about it we'll make something out of it and you know we can combine it with stuff you know we could you know, do a, a basics of, of a sport episode. Like like Jake and I have, you know, unlimited options when it comes to the bonus episodes. Um, our Wednesday episodes will continue to be our, our most recent 
you know, discussions from the past week in Wisconsin sports and stuff. And um, I think Wednesday, Jake and I will be doing a free agency wish list for the Packers, and that'll be on the 16th. And then the 23rd, we're going to do our Brewers primer because baseball is back. So yeah. um, definitely got some good stuff coming up. So um, anything you want us to talk <sighs> about or look into or research, like let us know and we'll do it. Also coming up uh, with NCAA tournament right around the corner, we're going to be doing a tournament bracket challenge. So uh, we welcome everybody. I would I would honestly love it if we got like 20, 25 people in this. That would actually be, be fun. legit. Um, but yeah. It'll be a lot last... to keep track of for me, but we'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I'll take half. You take half, really. We can um, do that. But, you know, last place takes a pie to the face. So just understand that if you get last place in this tournament pick them, you're going to take a pie to the face. It's not that hey. bad, though. But first place, first place gets one of these. Twenty-five yes, bucks to Parker Johns. That's yes, what you sir. get if you get first place. That's what hey, you get. That's a, that's a free dinner. All you got to do is pick the NCAA tournament and beat twenty other random people. <laughs> Easy <laughs> as that. But Dude, it would be awesome if Courtney won it because she picked all the upsets right last year. I will not forget that. Hey, I'm. T- I told it was Santa. it was so weird. I told Chantel she's forced in it because I need her to take a pie to the pie to the dome. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. But yeah, um, that was a bonus episode. I had fun. I I liked finding out this stuff about these. People. Yeah, it's it's something different. Something different. That's and that's mm-hmm. the idea of the bonus episode. The first one we did was back in October, and that was like spooky sports stories. That was that was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. It was it was a weird thing to try to find stuff about, but you know, like the the haunted hotel in Milwaukee and. It's interesting. interesting. I did. Stuff. Yeah, I did the Honey Bears, which obviously honey bears, still, yeah. still haunts the Bears today because they just traded Khalil Mack for a second round and a sixth rounder. <laughs> Dude, that was funny. I thought it was going to be funny if they got a second and a fourth, and then I found out they got a second and a sixth. Oh my god, <laughs> bro! The funniest part is that all these teams are doing fire sales now, dude. Like what? Like the Bears, yeah, the, are doing the fire Vikings. Sales? The Vikings are cutting people and they're trying mm-hmm. to trade Kirk Cousins. And Daniel like, Hunter's asking for a bazillion dollars. They thought our quarterback was bad asking for that money. Their defensive end, who didn't even play barely last year, is asking for $25 million. That's yeah, bad. The Vikings fans are making fun of the Packers because Bakhtiari will be making $30 million in two years. And to be honest, if he doesn't play up to standard, they'll probably just cut him. Let's they'll just real. cut him, yeah. Yeah. If they have to, if Rodgers is gone, even if he's there, you got to make those business decisions. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Or if, or if he plays well, you extend him, and then you just move that money around. It's, you know, it's it's doable. The NFL is a game out. of pushing stuff to the future. So, As long you know, as Russ Ball is on the Green Bay Packers. Russ Ball okay. is a wizard, so we have that going okay for us. Yeah. Yes, sir. We'll figure it out. All right, man. I got work in a few hours, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out. All right. Well, take care, and uh, we will be back sometime next month with another bonus episode, and we will be back on Wednesday, unfortunately, talking about the Badgers game, but hopefully the Bucks can uh, can get some uh, some good mojo for us oh. for next week. Man, I made a comment earlier to my dad, and I was like, it looks like it's back to the Bucks being the only team that knows how to win a goddamn big game. Ridiculous, but I'm going to save all that energy for Wednesday, dude. <laughs> Yeah, well, and we'll do, and like I said, we'll do free agents on Wednesday for the Packers, so that'll give us something else to talk about, too. All right, man. I'll talk to you later, buddy. See you on Wednesday. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.